I'm Lee, and I'm the owner of Supportive Guide. Hi, I'm Benjamin. I'm the owner of Are You Gay? We're going to talk about the difference between management businesses in the U.S. versus the U.K. What have you noticed is different about business and management in general in the U.S. versus the U.K.? So I only have a limited amount of knowledge on this. Uh, obviously, I was very young when I moved here. Um, but some of the big things I've experienced from talking with English people versus uh, American or having uh, English leaders or versus American leaders. I would say American leaders are more typically the do things my way kind of position. Um, not because that's specifically how they think or anything like this. I think it's more just that's how America's been forced to operate for so long, right? Even the main country itself kind of operates that way. You have leaders who declare how things are going to be. And as much as you have this voice to change the leadership and do this, there, I feel like there's less of a voice between those four years. Whereas in England, there's, while our voting system and all that is kind of skewed that you don't really vote for a person, you vote for a party, and then the party installs the leader they want. It means that you, it's harder for one person to mess everything up for an entire group. So you don't end up with a toxic person that brought out the toxic part of your country to become their own leader, they have to now convince this other group of people, hey, when we're in charge, make me in charge. And I feel that level, it's harder to be that person because some more competency things come in play and the party is more interested in keeping themselves, the party as a whole in power in four years than keeping you in power in the next four years. So feeding a certain mindset by itself doesn't work in England. It sounds like it's more of a group mindset than an individualistic mindset. To top that off, that also means that England also breaks down a lot of its social services. It's very bureaucratic. It's if you need to make a decision to protect, uh, like you decide, hey, we're going to go build something here and that's going to affect the local community. That's going to like you go here and you put in a file. You're like, hey, cool, I'm going to buy the land. I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to do. And oh, yep, there you go. You know, you own the land. We can't tell you not to do it like you've got your planning permission. In England, you have to submit everything, all the details, your plans, your building plans, all this, and you don't just get to approve it on your side. Like the leadership of like the township also has to approve it, all the detailed plans, not just the base plans. So it means certain building attributes are both higher quality but also take way longer to get through the bureaucracy. 
So and I'm sure that means that they also prevent a lot of toxic waste from a lot of corporations that we have to like catch up with here once we find out it happens. Like, because they're already figuring out. Yeah, they, they catch on to some of those kind of things earlier on in a project. It generally means things cost more, which can also be kind of a negative on the economy. There's a lot of pluses and minuses. Environmentally, I would say it's probably better. I would say, though at times for the community, it can be worse. If you're building something that you know will help the community, but it's going to take one year to get it through approval, whereas here it would take two months, that's eight months where the community is not reaping those benefits. So it's plus and minus to both sides. But taking that into leadership stuff, my English leaders that I've had in my career were, I've had three in total. The one who let me get away with a little too much, but pretty much anyone I know who worked for him said that he was one of, if not the best leaders they had, or bosses they had, because he was very open to criticism and understanding things. There was a guy who worked for him who was paid more because of how long he had been in the company. And the bosses initially were like, uh, like the CEO and everybody was like, oh no, like we can't let you know that. Like you'll, he was like, no, I know. Of course, he's been here like two, twice as long as I have. Of course he's paid more. Like that's fine, right? He's got the experience. I understand that. And so having that mentality of things are the way they are, how do we work together was a leading thing. Whereas I feel here, and not necessarily it's an incorrect mindset, but if you're going to be put in charge of someone, why are they paid more than you? I can understand that thought too. But I mean, at this current time, all my employees are paid more than me. <laughs> it's, it's a brand new business, right? It's more about making sure things operate the, the way they need to for the success of the business than my individual. I accept that at some point you need to be selfish about things. And usually when you're arguing about your pay, that's when you need to be selfish. But sometimes being a community is more important. Take the WGA strikes and all that, right? Any number of these companies could go to one person and say, hey, we're going to increase your pay by 50%, but you're not allowed to join the strike, right? I guarantee you those people will be like, oh, God, I'd love to have 50% more pay. But they're not going to you know, back down from this and drop the WGA just because they've been told, hey, I'll give you 50% more, right? Because guess what? All these other writers, all these other actors are getting screwed over and you want me to say I'm okay with that for, you know, an extra X percentage. And so as long as you're focused on the community aspect of it, I feel like that's the right way to be running things. And that is probably what I would say I learned from the English side of things rather than the American side of things. But I would say the American side of things is definitely more PG sounds incorrect, but doesn't take things too far because the English go a little overboard and we're very slow to react to things. So if something happens, we it needs to happen a lot. 
for us to care. <laughs> or we end up doubling down on things and going silly. Uh, whereas American leaders are very quick to go, hey, that doesn't work, let's change it. Which is another very vastly different thing that I think is better with American leaders. Occasionally, sometimes it's better to just stick with your guns. But most of the time, if you try something and it doesn't work, you should change the idea or change the method. And the English prefer to usually double down and try again before we change. Whereas Americans are usually a little quicker to make that adjustment. They understand, hey, this isn't working. Let's fix it sometimes. And I would say that the leader determines whether that's in a positive or negative way. Uh, but the, the willingness to change is a more American thing. Interesting. I have two thoughts on that. That willing to change is an American thing. It's an interesting thing because I feel like there's a set, and you kind of mentioned this before um, previously when it came down to um, the growth and leadership conversation, that an older generation who've been taught a certain way are going to be stuck in what they're doing a lot of times because they don't know anything else. So he, even if everything else is changing around them, they may not be quick to change. So it's interesting to actually hear that perspective, that Americans are more willing to change if something's not working because of that. Because I would not, that's surprising to me in that aspect, knowing, you know, big corporations in the corporate world, a lot of them are stuck to their guns on how things have been working for so long that they don't change on certain stuff. So it's surprising to actually hear that part. I think that is less of an American ideal than people think. A lot of these big corporations who have these people who are in charge don't have American CEOs. A lot of them have English, German, uh, French like CEOs or people who are in this form of power. And the American CEOs that are like kind of famous for following along with that you find they also have a lot of history with those other leaders or those companies those leaders are in charge of. But then you get guys, who's a good example, uh, on Shark Tank, Mark Cuban, right? Not saying he's like the world's greatest leader or anything like this, right? But one thing I think he's more active on is updating his mind, his strategy, the way he should react to things, okay? He is very quick to say, hey, a lot of people, was it, he did the cost plus drugs. I'm sure it wasn't his idea to spawn it, but it was, you know, he's the money behind it at this point. His willingness to say, hey, people need this help, let's help, versus, hey, yes, people need this help, but I'm going to find a way to rip them off and all this. Like, it's a much better system than I think people realize of what he's doing in this. He's willing to change things up. And that's a lot of people who are start American, are American, like, they like to change things up. I don't like using this man as an example that I'm about to use, but he's kind of a, an important one here. Uh, Bezos. Bezos bought this online system that was, hey, you can buy things online. And it was, if I remember, it was like a book rental system when he first got Amazon. Like that was its primary thing. 
He was like, hey, a digital library concept is genius. That's, that's a change. That's an improvement. And the man jumped on that aspect. Now, many years since, I think he, he and his company has become much, much more problematic. But the willingness to say, hey, here's an improvement on our system that's better for everybody is an American change. I wanna... I'm not necessarily saying that the leadership aspect is what's no. the American. The willingness to change as a whole is actually the big thing. And I think that's because of your history. In England, we've very much done like stick in the mud kind of ways of operating things. And rather than go on the offensive, we prefer to defend ourselves, stuff like that. America is very much, hey, we can go help these people. Like sometimes America forgets to take care of itself. Um, and I would say that would be probably the biggest thing that we don't change is how we take care of ourselves. I would say it's less of a facet of not willing to change a little too much of let's change other people. Right. I think it's a want for things to change, but instead of saying we need to do this here and spread out, they're starting out there and coming in. I think the directionality is wrong. But that doesn't necessarily mean they aren't trying to make change in the world. Because um, one question I wanted with this, and it goes back to what you said with Mark Cuban and the uh, like, his whole system now with getting affordable prescriptions to people. But also, I was curious when I first wrote this question and thought about this question for you was also because the UK also has healthcare for everybody and everyone's taken care of in that aspect and they have better vacation time and they have better health, like they're taking care of more when it comes down to their health. 100%. In a very general stance. I'm also wondering if that also is why there's more of an individual versus group dynamic way of thinking here in America because we're not already inherently being taken care of. So we have to fight to take care of ourselves but then in business that gets in the way of actually taking care of the company if we're sick or so that's where I'm also wondering, like we may be willing to change some aspects, but when it comes down to actually taking care of people and our employees, that is a slow change that's being made. Yes. America is by far the highest level country that doesn't look after its own people. Um, and the non-willingness to change that, I think I think that's less on the people. I think that's a political debate that is incorrectly viewed in this country. A lot of people see it as a cost benefits scenario. And so a lot of this, the country, a lot of the political talk is all but it will cost this much, all but it will do this, all but you know, oh, we'll look at these benefits. We'll have people who are living longer and healthier and this and this, you know, and it'll help people financially, which means they'll spend more at other businesses. I think they're all valuable arguments. But I think coming back to what you were saying there, it's more forget about how much it costs you now and how much that'll put money in certain people's pockets. It's a mentality difference. 
But you also have to America. America's one of the youngest countries in the world, right? It, England has had thousands of years to get to where they are, right? You're at 250 almost, right? So it, it's not like you're coming up on this like milestone, oh, we've been around a thousand years. How have we not made this adjustment, right? You are a country who has been fighting fights as though you're an adult and you're still technically a child, right? And people have let you do that because, oh, you've got such this, this big military, you've got this, you've got this. If you consider America like a small child, like half your wars are tantrums. It's about this, we don't like this, we're going to react now. It's a very quick response, and that's kind of a young thing. Um, yes, England takes care of the health care of people, and their time off is more guaranteed, and it's easier to understand all this. And the education, you know, you've got free education, you've got, you know, paid education, which is a higher level that people can choose to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's always better. I would rather have English healthcare, 100%, every day, all day. If I could have American teachers with English understanding of how teaching works, I, that would be a better example, right? Because the English understand that, hey, guess what? There should be free education, it helps elevate everybody. But the cost to then get any level higher goes extreme, right? Um, things in England generally cost more just your everyday life. That means material aspects too, like game systems and all this cost more. Everything just generally costs more money over there. Gas, everything like that ends up being a more expensive item. And so the cost of living in England is higher, but the extravagant stuff isn't as high as it is in America. So it's one of those weird things where the free education ends up almost becoming necessary because if it was paid education in England, almost nobody would be able to afford to do it. So it's a weird dynamic of to be honest, like almost all of Europe versus the US. Um, people are generally paid less overall over there. Things in life cost a little more, but at the same time, like there's a lot of amenities offered. Over here, people are generally paid more and other expenses in life cost less but it means you get hit with these massive things such as your education and your medical bills so i think the big thing is when it comes to talking about change and willingness to make it a difference the english it looks so different and looks like there's a lot going on because we've had these implementations in for an incredibly long time, right? The English are very slow moving, but it takes us, but once we get there, like 
it's usually an improvement. England very like will will fall back. We do. We make mistakes, and sometimes they can hurt for an incredibly long time. But our willingness to move forward usually is halted by let's try to make sure it's a step forward rather than a step backward. America wants to change quickly, but that doesn't necessarily mean they always make a good change. And I think that's the difference that I'm trying to compare. It's American leaders are very, very quick to change their mind to do things. But I don't necessarily think it's always the right decision. English leaders, I think, more often than not make more correct decisions, but they're much, much slower at making those decisions. Bring it back to business and management, um, that there's pros and cons for both the US and the UK. <laughs> and from our previous conversation, I feel like there would be so much more benefit if we were more willing to learn from each other on um, across the borders of what is going well for you, what is going well for me, and being able to really learn versus, I would say sometimes there's this mindset, and I don't want to say it's American mindset per se, but that mindset of, well, we already know what we're doing. You know, we already have everything down. Instead, being humble and be like, we can learn from each other. Yeah, I think there's too much look down upon at each other. A lot of America is, oh, well, we left England because England was so pro problematic, so we can't learn from them. They're only wrong. And uh, the English are like, oh, no, they're our, you know, ugly stepchild kind of concept. It's like they spawned from us. And look, look where they are. They're nowhere in comparison to us in understanding this stuff. They can't have correct opinions. So it's this weird dynamic of two people refusing to work together, but making it look like they're the best of friends in the world. Interestingly enough, one of the best countries for change and understanding is Germany. And it's almost because the world's made them have to be it. It's obviously one of, if not the most atrocious thing ever in history, born from there. But all these regulations, all these things that the rest of the world kind of put on them and said, hey, you're the problem. And for many years, like refused to look in on themselves. Germany is very, very scientifically advanced, educationally advanced, and cares a lot more for people. And they are very, very good at like improving themselves and improving the world for their people. It's one thing that they have been pushing for pretty much since the end of World War II. And like, we're starting to see that they're not just some random world leader, they're kind of a shining example. And one of the things that's also fascinating is like, all uh, obviously we know that there are certain groups out there, hate groups out there now that have in the last, you know, eight years come a little more to prominence um, that if you were to even mention those groups in Germany, you can actually like get a fine or go to jail because they condone so little of that kind of stuff now that the pure concept of it, even thinking about it to them is evil. 
I do want to leave with a final thought of like, it would be great if we could not have to hit rock bottom to make the significant changes to be able to do better for our people, regardless of where you're at. It'd be great if we didn't have to hit rock bottom first. Because that's what it sounds like from that is you. I'm hoping we don't have to hit rock bottom before we can make a good change for our people. I don't think it was necessary for them to hit rock bottom. I think it was the fact that they were forced into a position where if they didn't make changes, they would have been eliminated. So it's they just happened to hit rock bottom at the time. Yeah, I would, <laughs> yeah, I don't want other people to force us in that aspect because yeah. we're in that low of a I, position. I, I think that's one of the things I think while a lot of people try to make changes in the world, sometimes a big change does require force, but it's very rarely one person forcing everybody else. It's usually everybody else forcing one person, if you see what I'm saying. It's the the needs of the many should outweigh the stupidity of the one. Next time, we'll be talking about toxicity in the workplace with our new guest, Trula.